Hello and welcome to God in Film, the podcast where a Christian and an atheist dive into the best that cinema has to offer and see if we can find any parallels with the gospel or any other Bible stories. I'm writer and Tom Hardy body double, Giles Goff. And I'm test engineer and Olympic level northerner, Phil Coleman. And for this very special episode, we're looking at La Sortie de l'Océan Lumière à Lyon, or Workers Leaving the Lumière Factory, the 1895 classic produced and directed by Louis Lumière often referred to as the first film ever. Phil, what do you think of this film? Well, the word, the word think is, is sort of difficult for me here. Like, it's such an emotional film. It's really yeah. tied up with my childhood as well. Uh, when I was eight, 100%. for example, me, me, me dad took me down to London uh, to see it at the BFI. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, that's awesome. I don't know, I just thought, this is a magical moment between me and my dad. Yeah. I've always loved cinema and to be able to share an experience of seeing the first film ever with my dad. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah, that's just beautiful. That's really interesting because for me, the person who intre- introduced it to me was my ninety, God rest her soul. I mean, you, you met her, didn't you? You know, I mean, if that if that woman was passionate about anything, it was her grandchildren, her scone <laughs> recipe, and the history of cinema from its inception through to the instigation of the Hayes Code. I mean, code. the amount of I times mean, that she was talking about the Hayes Code, you know, I, I just, oh, you, couldn't, you couldn't get a stop about it in between eating the biscuits, you know, it was, my it was something else. The woman was absolutely mad for some pre-code cinema, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So she got hold of an old VHS copy that was passed around the village, you know, you showed it to all the kids. Yeah, of course you would. And showed it to me when I was like seven years old. And it, it just opened my eyes, you know, like that moment when women start coming out of those warehouse doors and you think you you think you know what's going on. Yeah. Then like that dog wanders into the shot and like this is crazy. Just, then it well, goes How did they even get that dog to go past that door? Do you know what I mean? It comes out of frame, it leaves, it comes back and and like you're gripping the edge of your seat and then and then and I think you know what I'm going to say okay. next. No, do it. Say it though. When the horse comes out the, the, pulling the carriage. The damn horse. Like <sighs> no one saw that coming. It was revolutionary Honestly. at the time. You know, honestly, that was pure, uncut, cinematic heroin. I did not <laughs> need great. any more fizzy pop that day. I was bouncing off the walls as it Absolutely. was. Absolutely, you know, I, I used to quite enjoy Panda Pops at the time, but I've never been able to yeah. chase that dragon. It's, it's <laughs> always been this film for me to get that high again. Mm. And on top of that, you then find out that he filmed the same thing in spring, summer, and winter. Like, there's a whole workers leaving the Lumiere factory cinematic universe. Yes, the, the WLTLFCU, as it's colloquially exactly. known as by exactly. scholars. Exactly, I mean... We, we, we all know this anyway, but... No, yeah, 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 I mean, everybody knows that. Like yeah. Those Lumiere brothers came out of the gate hot and just straight up took over the game before anyone else had a chance to even work out what was, what was going yeah, on. No, you know? well, it's the, it, you know, they talk about like, you know, it's like boyhood before it was boyhood. You know, they recorded it 100%. in summer, winter, spring. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they use a whole year of their lives. That is a brilliant parallel. I never even thought Thank of that. Thank you. Now, we've got to address the elephant in the room. Is this actually... The first film ever made. Well, strictly speaking, no. Uh, yeah. As with so many things, failure is an orphan, but success has many fathers. So Thomas Edison, Louis Le Prince, Georges Lemelier yeah. all had significant roles to play in the evolution of cinema. Whilst I believe that this was the first film for many years, I later found out that the Round Hay Garden scene, filmed in 1888 by Louis Le Prince, uh, yeah. was, and then and then going even further back than that, there's Horse in Motion by Edward Mayridge in 1878. I mean, another absolute, you know, classic tension piece there as well. Absolute 
banger. Yeah, like horror you know? before it was even horror, really. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny you mentioned horror because I learned about that from Jordan Peele's Nope. Of so, course, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Whilst Workers Leaving the Lumiere Factory might not strictly be the first film ever, and it lacks the high-octane thrill ride of Train arriving into the station, which, which came out a little later. I mean, I absolutely cacked my pants when I first saw that. I I, 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 I was like, yeah. at least get out of the room, there's a train! You it, know what I mean? like, it was brown trousers time yeah. for all of us, you know? Seriously. But despite all of that, this will always be the first film in my heart. I agree. I think any scholar would agree with you there, actually. Yeah. Now it's time for a guest. So, Phil, quick question for you. I'm going to ask you the name of one particular character in this film. You ready? Go for it. What is the name of the woman who runs diagonally across the path of the other workers at around about the 22nd mark of this film? Oh, right, yeah. That's Celine LaPlanque. I I thought you were going to give me a difficult one. I mean, come on. Yes, you're right. It is Celine LePlanc, and you are going to lose your mind on this one because we found the son of Celine LePlanc. We tracked him no down. No way! I seriously, I kid you me? not. Okay, this is even better than the Exorcist episode. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? Now, of course, he doesn't speak any English. I don't speak any French. So we got my wife Claire to translate for us. That's brilliant. Let's have a listen. Bonjour, je m'appelle Pierre LePlanc. Hello, my name is Pierre Leplanc. My mother was Celine Leplanc, who featured in the 1895 classic La Sortie de l'Usine, Lumière à Lyon. Pierre, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Let's get straight into it. What can you tell us about your mother's involvement in the making of this classic piece of cinema? Well, for her, it was really quite a whirlwind. One day, she is just a simple factory girl working in the Lumiere factory in Lyon. That's where she met my father, you know. When the filming actually happened, people paid very little attention. Monsieur Lumiere really wanted a veritas approach to his early phases of filmmaking. Also, literally no one had ever seen a film camera before, so they didn't really know what to do with it. Monsieur Louis shot the film in August 1894. But it wasn't screened to the public until 22nd of March 1895. But after that point, everything changed. Before she really knew what was happening, my mother was being hounded by paparazzi, all begging her to run diagonally across people's paths. It became her signature move. Eventually, the Lumiere brothers had to arrange for private transport for her to get to work in order for her to stop being mobbed by adoring fans and autograph hunters. Fantastic. Must have been a big transition. And I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but your mother just brings such a life and vivacity to the picture with that energetic little run she does. Did she ever tell you why she was in such a hurry? Actually, yes. My mother had been feeling quite unwell that afternoon. And when the whistle blew, signalling the end of the day, all the hustle and bustle began to make her feel very unwell indeed. As she was heading to the exit, she knew she was going to be sick. And when she realised that she might be sick in front of her employer, Monsieur Louis, as well as her co-workers, she ran as fast as she could to find somewhere more discreet to be sick. It was that evening she discovered she was with child. Me. Hold on, Pierre. Are you saying that you appeared in that film as a fetus and are in fact the last surviving cast member of this film. Oui. Yes. 
That is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that fascinating revelation with us. It's so insightful. Vincent Croissel. You are welcome. Uh, excusez, now, if you'll excuse me, I must get back to my vineyard. So, Phil, that was Pierre Leplanc. What do you think? Vincent <laughs> Croissel. I'm sorry. You have to give me a minute. I believe you can share the Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, so um, it was. I cannot believe that indirectly he was a cast member in mm. that film. I, I mean, obviously he wasn't. He wasn't on screen. He was behind a certain wall, you could say. But um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. that was so insightful. That was so insightful. Just to, especially you know, knowing that he, um, you know, his his mum as well. Um, you know, yeah. was, was 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 feeling sick at the time as well. And that's why mm. she was such a rush. You know, that kind of method acting. Uh, it's just yeah. something you don't get as much these days, you know, to actually no. just get yeah. pregnant and just be 100%. sick. Uh, that's... I just feel like it completely unwrapped a complete mystery for us that has been plaguing cinema for the last 128 years. Oh, you absolutely, know? yeah. I, 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 for one, feel like we've broken new ground here. And, yeah. you know, I did... I mean, I'm not saying, you know, could anyone hear annals of history? Like, you know, yeah, think... you're not getting this kind of nonsense on Kermode and Mayo. No, yeah, I'll tell no, you that for on, nothing, you know. Step up your game, Mayo, or Kermode. Yeah. I was doing the numbers on this. Pierre Leplanc has to be 128 years old. And like, for us, that's quite impressive. But, you know, you think, well, obviously he's French. So, yeah, you know, their diet on the continent is different. It's much more sort of like olive oil and wine and stuff like that. Just... Absolutely amazing, those guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, I've got to say, their their constitution is something different. They 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 mm. genetically superior, I think. Hundred percent. Now it's time for finding the faith in the film. Ba, 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 ba. So obviously, as I'm sure you've guessed, this film, oh, just it just works on so many different levels, doesn't yeah. it? No, of course you know. it does. You know, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what your take is on this yeah. particular one. So, like a feminist perspective, you might take a note how just how many women are coming out of that factory, suggesting the hidden history of women and their importance in the very earliest days of cinema. Absolutely. If, if you wanted to take an anti-capitalist look at this, you could see how many of these workers are spewing out the factory doors and how so many of them are forgotten, all in the service of the great man of history theory, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But today, as is our want, uh, we're going to be looking at the spiritual side of things, and there are tons of parallels there. Now, I mean, frankly, these are so obvious. I almost feel like I don't even need to be here for these. Phil, I think you could probably come up with these all on your own, couldn't you? Well, maybe, maybe. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I do enjoy hearing you tell them. So. Oh, cheers, man. That's cheers, all right. Man. You know, I really appreciate that, you know. So, firstly, we see these workers being concentrated in one small area, and then they're all leaving and going off into different parts of, sit- of the city. Yeah, yeah, of course. So... Yeah. This is a bit like the start of Acts when the disciples begin to spread the word of Jesus. You know, they're all sort of squished in in Jerusalem. You know, know, I I wouldn't have made that connection. No, really. No, Uh, no. Like, like I I do see where you're coming from. You know, that act of exiting one room, going out into the big wide world, sort of spreading the word there. It's again, it's it's not entirely obvious, um, but um, but yeah, no, that's that's fascinating. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just, you really get that sense of just them going to like Judea, Samaria, and all four corners of the globe. You know, you get that real sense of the, and just the urgency of it, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, well, speaking as an atheist, of course, because, you know, all atheists, we just... You're an atheist? Yeah, well, no, I I keep it quite quiet, but um, (laughs) we we all stay in as well. We don't actually go out (laughs) at all. So it's it's sometimes hard to to visualise that. So I'd have to live vicariously through your faith in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, on a metaphorical level, it is not hard to see how this film works as a metaphor from being freed from sin. Mm. You know what I mean when I say that Friday feeling, right? Every Friday. Because this film just totally exudes that. You know, you spent all week toiling away in drudgery for someone else. You Mm. don't have control over what you do. And then when the clock just finally hits 5.30 and you just out of there you know you're free like a shot it's like you're in a pinball machine and you're the ball and that, 100%. and you're just having that thing pulled back and as soon as 5:30 comes that player has left that left that ball fly you yeah. know yeah 100% you can do what you want for like the next two and a bit days anyway and that is like just the faintest reflection of what it's like being trapped in the drudgery of sin going into the grace and the freedom of God's love and like mm. yeah there's absolutely nothing like it and for my money there's no film that encapsulates that better than this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. It's good to see that a film is as brave as that, really, yeah. to, uh, to be able to really you know, de- dive into something as, um, as impenetrable sometimes for, for people who may not be uh, of faith in that mm. respect. I don't, I don't know if that's been done since. I, I don't think so, buddy. And that concludes our Finding the Faith in the Film section. We have some reviews. Yay! I say reviews, plural. It's more like reviews, singular. Just the one, then. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to bore people, you know. <laughs> we have a five-star review from Dave from Tesco on Apple Podcasts. Oh, what guy. He's going to go down in history for some of this stuff. Let's check this out. Good hosts, good takes, interesting to listen to, and my RS teacher features occasionally. Ah. If only they had named it Deus Ex Cinema. Oh, well. Honestly, though, five stars. Love it. And Dave, where on earth were you when I was thinking up the planning for this series, you know? Deus Ex Cinema. Deus Ex Cinema. That's really flipping clever. Problem is, though, Dave, podcast titles have to work the same as, like, Edinburgh Fringe show titles and you know, porn titles. They have to be very <laughs> they have to be very easy to search and they've got to really grab your attention yeah, right from the yeah, start. They've, so they've, they've kind of got to be like Ron Seal in that respect. You yeah. Know? <laughs> the God in film podcast. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that is us done for this very special episode. Phil, have you had a good time? Do you know something? This is one of my favourite films of all time. I have been... You know how many times I've asked you if we could do this film. Mate, you wouldn't shut up about it. No, no. Well, I'm very passionate about it. So thank you very much for um, finally being able to fit this into a season. I I really appreciate it, mate. Uh, I had a great time. You're so welcome. Okay, listeners, join us again very, very soon for our Easter special episode. In the meantime, April April Fools! Fools! (laughs) (laughs) Gordon Film is hosted and created by Giles Goff and Phil Coleman. Mixing and editing by Giles. Our logo was designed by Julie Walsh. And our theme tune was composed by Rick Lee. Fact checking by Kaiser Soze. Gordon Film is a Dash production. Please rate and review. Unless you didn't like my French, in which case... Yeah, do you know what? That's fair. I I can't blame you. Listen, guys, if you've made it this far, then thank you for indulging in our nonsense. Have a great weekend.